bless the name of the Lord this morning. Can you lift your hands, lift your voice this morning? He has never lost a battle. And this morning, you and I can rejoice because of the truth of his word. He never has lost, nor will he ever lose. But how many has read the back of the book and know how it ends? And we, too, are overcomers this morning. May the Lord bless you this morning. Y'all sounding well, looking well. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord this Sunday morning with you. A beautiful day the Lord's blessed us with. I pray that all is well with you and your family today. Let me take a moment and welcome our online audience this morning as well. May the Lord richly bless you right where you are this morning. I pray that you just feel the presence of the Lord where you are. And thank you for so faithfully joining us uh, from many, many places. And uh, we are so thankful to be able to have this privilege to speak into your life today as well. Uh, let me just echo, before I get into the word, before we go to class, let me echo the words that... Uh, that Pastor Jade mentioned as well. Thank you from the bottom of our heart uh, for, for your love, your compassion, your labor uh, over these last several days. On behalf of my family, uh, I am forever grateful. Uh, you, uh, you made your pastor very proud of how you have served us. Uh, you went above and beyond. And I, I, can, I can never say thank you enough. Uh, as well as I think it's important for me to, uh, to acknowledge uh, Brother Michael and Sister Melissa, who is not only part of our church family here, but they're also part of my work family. Uh, and uh, they went above and beyond. And uh, I am so grateful. And thank you, Michael, for being a friend of my father, uh, as well as me. And uh, thank you for your labor. Uh, I think... Uh, I think this week was the best in the business, and uh, that's because of you guys and the rest of the staff. So, and uh, but I'm not going to dwell on that this morning because if I did, I'll start crying. And I told myself I'm not going to cry today. Uh, I'm going to rejoice. Uh, but uh, this morning, uh, I'm standing here in Indiana. Uh, my brother is standing in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And my other brother is standing in Texas this morning. And all of us are going to carry on what dad has done for over 70 years. And that is we're going to preach the gospel this morning. And uh, so uh, we're going to do our best to do that this morning. And uh, we'll just say this, dad and mom will be there soon. Amen. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to stand. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. And I'm just going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter number 14. 1 Chronicles chapter number 14. I'm going to just dive in this morning. And I want to share with you what God has placed on my heart today. And I believe this morning with my whole heart that somebody's going to walk out of here encouraged today. You may have walked in here today overwhelmed. You may have walked in here feeling like everything's come against you. And if that's you this morning, I want you to just push back and resist those lies of the enemy that's been told to you the last few hours or few days. And I want you to hear, not this preacher, but I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning because I believe God's going to give you uh, 
a word of encouragement today. First Chronicles chapter number 14, verse, beginning in verse number 8. It says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all of Israel, all of the Philistines went up to seek David, and David heard of it, and he went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephim, and David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thy hand. So they came up to Balpism, and Balpism, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of water. Therefore they called the name of the place Balpism. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. <coughs> Therefore David inquired again of God. And God said unto him, Go not up after them. Turn away from them. And come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David therefore did as God commanded him, and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gaza. And the fame of David went out into all the lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. For a few moments, I want to preach this morning on the rustling of the mulberry trees. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the people of God, Lord, that's assembled in this room and those that are joining us by way of technology today. I pray for a few moments this morning that this vessel would be anointed in a manner by the Holy Ghost that men would not hear or see me, but they would hear the word of the Lord. And Lord, I pray for increase. I pray for lives to be transformed and changed by this gospel today. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And the church says, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Let me take a moment before I dive into this and just say it is good to see Brother Phil in the house this morning after the week he had. God is faithful and touched him and uh, touched his body. So it's... So good to have Phil this morning with us. In this passage of scripture, we see the power of our God on display. I would like to take the liberty for a few moments to walk through this story with you because I believe it's important, <coughs> excuse me, for us to take a few moments and do so. David finds himself in a time of increase, a time of blessing, a time of prosperity, a time where he has now perceived in his heart that the Lord has confirmed him king over all of Israel. Hiram, the king of Tyre, has sent supplies as well as people in honor of David to build him a house. And David is now in Jerusalem, and David has taken more wives, and 
David's family is increasing. It's abounding. He begins to have sons and daughters while he's there in Jerusalem. It looks like the blessing of the Lord is abounding in his life. Finally, after all of the struggle, after all of the pursuit of the enemy and the adversary, after Goliath, after Saul, after all of the things we could talk about this morning, uh, we find that David is sitting in the place uh, that he had been anointed to be after all of these years have passed. It surely looked like everything was going to be well. But we know that as it appears that it is all well and life is good, David, he is now serving in this position and immediately uh, we find that the Philistines begins to hear that David is king over all of Israel. When they began to hear, they began to make him a target. The Philistines had always been a problem for the nation of Israel. It had always been a thorn in their side, if you will. But we find that now the focus has turned to David. And David, as he's finding himself, he, he understood that something was taking place. And we find now that when the word began to spread that David is the king of Israel, he now becomes the focus of the enemy. And can I tell you today that that is still the case for the people of God. When the enemy begins to hear that things is well with you and your family, it seems like God is blessing you. It seems like the anointing of the Lord is resting and favor is upon you. The enemy always begins to rear his head. He always begins to turn his focus because he knows this. Uh, when you're walking in the favor and the abundance of God, you become a threat to his demonic kingdom. And therefore we find that in this story, David, David is there and he it must be understood that when David comes on the scene here he says Lord what must I do uh, and when you begin to look at this passage that we read together we find that David realized he needed some instruction he needed some direction and it must be understand that when we come to a place of opposition, uh, we do not have the ability in ourselves. Uh, but the Bible's very clear, says, do not lean into your own understanding, uh, but we are to seek the ways of the Lord. But when you read this, you find that the Philistines came and they spread themselves abroad in the Valley of Rephium. Now, that may just be a name for you, but it is symbolic of it is the place of giants. Uh, can I tell you, I don't care if you've been, say, five minutes, five days, 50 years. Uh, every one of us in this room, we have giants. And you and I do not have the ability to, dis, uh, to destroy those giants in our own flesh. Uh, we must understand uh, that man alone cannot overcome the opposition uh, that comes against them. Uh, but David realizing this, and when you look in chapter 14 that we read together in verse number 10, David did something uh, that all of us can learn from. And he did this. It says, and David inquired of God. 
saying, shall I go up against the Philistines and will you deliver them into my hand? Notice with me, he did go out against them, but he never began to fight the battle until first of all, he had direction and guidance from his God. Can I tell you today, everything that's going on in our world, the flesh, sometimes uh, it gets enraged, it gets disturbed, and it says this, uh, Lord, if you just let me do something, uh, but you have to understand that you and I do not know the full scope of what's getting ready to take place, uh, and therefore we must always inquire of the Lord. Now, David, as he inquired of the Lord, uh, we find uh, that he was doing this because he was not depending upon himself, uh, but he was putting his trust and his faith in the God that he served. And God responded in a favorable manner. He said, go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. But I must remind us today that while we're walking this journey called life, you and I can never forget Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Uh, but if you go a little further in that chapter, verse number 10 through verse number 13, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Uh, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, uh, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. Uh, therefore, brethren, uh, we are debtors not to the flesh uh, to live after the flesh, uh, for if we live after the flesh, we'll die. But if we through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, uh, we shall live. You say, what does that mean? It means this. Uh, we see David not only inquired of the Lord, uh, but then he walked in obedience uh, to the instructions that was given. Uh, when you begin to look at this story, David then, uh, he does go out against them. He puts a battle in array uh, and they begin to fight and it says that they smote the Philistines. Uh, so when they came to this place, uh, as they exited the this valley of giants, uh, David smote them there uh, and God began to break them uh, through the hand of David, his servant. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, the place where they was fighting as they emerged out of the valley of Rephium, uh, they come into the land of idols. Uh, it was the land of idol gods. Uh, and as they began to be defeated by the hands of David and the men that was with him, uh, they began to flee in such a rapid fashion uh, that they left their idols behind. Uh, and we find immediately that David, uh, he begins to look around uh, and in the midst of darkness, uh, David begins to give a command. He says, the one true God uh, has defeated uh, those that were serving idol gods. And he said, let's burn them uh, with fire. Uh, and we find that it looks like victory is won. It looks like everything 
everything is going to be well. Uh, and it seems like they should begin to celebrate. Uh, how many has ever been there and experienced that? Uh, you begin to go through something. Uh, all of a sudden, you begin to pray. You begin to inquire of God. Uh, all of a sudden, it seems like you got a breakthrough. Uh, it seems like you get a good report. Uh, it seems like, all right, God's turning this thing around. Uh, man, we're going to win. Uh, it's going to come out the way I thought it was. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, there's a disruption again. Uh, and we find that's exactly what happened in this story. Uh, because when you read, it says in verse number 13, uh, that then the Philistines yet again uh, spread themselves in the valley. Uh, notice, David had just experienced victory. Uh, he had just seen them run away. He had just destroyed their idols that they left. Uh, but now we find uh, that once again, uh, the giants uh, is there in front of them. Uh, the opposition is there in front of them. Uh, and now we find uh, immediately uh, there is a decision in front of David again. Uh, do I go out and do what I did before uh, or do I do something different? Uh, it would have been very easy for David, been a man of war, uh, that had experienced the blessings of God, the favor of God that had just heard. Uh, the Lord said, go up against them. Uh, I will deliver them. Uh, but David understood the importance uh, that every battle is not the same. Every opposition uh, is not the same. Uh, and therefore we find uh, that when the Philistines yet came again, uh, notice once again, David did what he had done before. Uh, in verse number 14, uh, it says that David inquired again of God. Uh, and notice how important with me this scripture is in this story. Uh, because when he inquired this time, uh, God gave him different directions. Uh, please hear me. Just because you prayed over something last year uh, or last week does not mean you can't pray now. Uh, it means that the elements have changed. Uh, the tactic has changed. Uh, the format is different. Uh, maybe they've regrouped in a different manner. Uh, and David said, I've got to inquire of the Lord again. Uh, and we find that when he did, uh, notice the instructions was much different. God said unto him, uh, Go not up after them, but turn away from them and come up them over against the mulberry trees. You say, well, that's all right, but you have to understand the mindset of David, a man of war, a man of power, a man of authority, a man that has just been instilled as the king of Jerusalem. And now his God is telling him to turn and to walk away from the enemy that's in front of him. It didn't make any sense. I just defeated them a few days ago. I just overpowered them. I destroyed their idols. But now God is telling me to turn away. He's telling me to do something different. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But all of a sudden, David, once again, walking in obedience to the word of God, he begins to turn and he walks. And the enemy says, oh, they are retreating now. Uh, we've got them where we want them. Uh, but David could have tasted defeat if he had not once again uh, walked in obedience to the direction of God. Uh, for we see God had a different plan. Uh, he said, don't go up in front of them. Uh, he said, I want you to turn away from them. Uh, I want you to reposition yourself, David. Uh, I know it doesn't make logical sense. Uh, I know it's not the military plan that maybe you imagined. Uh, but he says, I've got something 
something uh, that's planted. Uh, I've got something that's been there for some time uh, that nobody really understands the significance of, uh, but I'm going to use it for your benefit. Uh, over there, just a little ways, uh, there is a place that is filled with mulberry trees. Uh, and I know uh, that you've probably seen them before. Uh, you've probably felt the wind off them before, uh, but at the same time, uh, you've never experienced them like I'm about to reveal them to you now. Uh, and we find if you read this story uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, uh, verse 23, 24, uh, you'll find it says this, and when David inquired of the Lord, uh, he said, thou shalt not go up, uh, but fetch a compass behind them uh, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees uh, and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going uh, in the tops of the mulberry trees uh, that then thou shalt bestir thyself uh, for then shall the Lord go up before thee uh, to smite the host of the Philistines. Uh, I had to look up the definition of bestir. Uh, the word bestir simply means this, uh, to stir up our to rouse to action. Uh, notice David has uh, been asked to retreat and reposition himself uh, against the people that he has just defeated, uh, but now he's been asked to wait on something uh, because God is giving him instructions. Uh, the Lord said, I want you to go over to the mulberry tree uh, because uh, in a little while uh, there's going to be a sound in the top of them, uh, and when you hear this sound, uh, I don't want you to wait any longer, uh, but I want you to bestir yourself. Uh, I want you to begin to stir up into action. Uh, I want you to move from a place of sitting uh, into a place of movement. Uh, I want you to get to a place uh, where you can hear what I'm about to do, uh, because what you don't understand, David, uh, is I'm about to bring defeat. Uh, I know you smote them over here, uh, but we're about to run them out of Dodge together, uh, because there's about to be something happen in the heavenlies uh, that's going to transition to the earthly uh, and you're going to go in after me because uh, he said I'm going to go before you can I tell you we have a God that does not abandon us uh, but we have a God that always goes before us uh, he always goes beside us uh, and yes he even circles around behind us uh, I'm going to preach this thing this morning while you sit there uh, but can I tell you today uh, David as he was there uh, we find that he's walking in obedience to the Lord uh, but notice the word of the Lord said, David, when you begin to hear the rustling, then and only then, do you begin to stir up yourself? Uh, I believe I read another story in the Bible where it says uh, that I want you to walk around a great walled city uh, for six days uh, and I don't want you to say anything. Uh, but on the seventh day, uh, Joshua, I want you to lead my people. Uh, but there's a time, uh, there's an appointed time uh, that I want you to shout with a great shout uh, because you're gonna have victory. Uh, can I tell you sometimes uh, there has to be a noise uh, that erupts from the people of God. And I believe this morning, when in the midst of everything that's going on, you and I have to understand that while we may see ourselves in a valley where there seems like there's giants all around, when it may seem like everything's too difficult and too hard, I gotta tell somebody, you may not understand where you're at and what you're going through right now, but can I tell you, God still has some mulberry trees. I don't know 
know about you this morning, but while I've been through the valley of death with my daddy in the last few days, I could not help begin to be rejoicing inside because there's a stirring in my spirit that the Lord says I've not forsaken, I've not forgotten, but I am still God. I am still the one that you need to lean on. I'm still the one that's got this thing figured out. And can I tell you this morning, in the midst of everything going on over the last few days, I've heard the rustling in the mulberry trees. And I come to tell somebody this morning, you're not going down defeated. You're not going down in a place of darkness. But God is just repositioning his church. And we're about to come out victorious. Listen, I don't know what your giant is this morning, but I know who my God is. And he's a God of deliverance. He's a God that is faithful to you. This morning, David finds himself sitting, listening, waiting. When all of a sudden, in the top of the trees, something begins to move. Wind had blown through there on many other occasions, but no wind like this wind. There was something beginning to change. This morning, you may still be looking out there and you may still see the Philistine army encamped all around about you. You may see all of the opposition and you may think that there's more that's against you than that's for you. But if you'll just steal yourself in this season. Man, I'm speaking to somebody this morning. If you just steal yourself in this moment, I'm here to tell you prophetically that we're not talking about six months from now. We're not talking about three months from now. But I'm here to tell you that by the Spirit of the Lord that you may not have even recognized it yet, but there's already began to be a rustling in the top of the mulberry trees. Uh, And you're sitting in a place of complacency. You're sitting in a place of apathy. But you have to understand in this story uh, that the Lord said uh, that it is not until you hear the sound uh, that then I want you to bestir yourself. Uh, Meaning this, I want you to begin to reach down inside of you. Can I remind you that in our weakness, we are made strong? Uh, Can I remind you that when we don't understand uh, and we've done all that we know how to do, we just stand? Uh, It is then that we see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, I want to tell you today, it's not over, uh, but I come to tell you it's about to be uh, a shout of celebration uh, because David, uh, he begins to reposition, finds himself in the mulberry trees. Uh, All of a sudden, the rustling begins. Uh, I don't know what it looked like. I wasn't there, uh, but I can't help but began to imagine uh, that he began to hear the rustling above his head uh, and all of a sudden uh, I believe something began to stir up inside of him uh, and he couldn't help but began to get excited Uh, this mind's a powerful thing sometimes uh, when you let it go there Uh, but I believe sitting under the mulberry trees uh, that maybe David uh, went back on a trip real quick mentally uh, and he saw a bear uh, and he saw a lion uh, and he saw and it replayed in his mind uh, that when 
when he was out there tending his father's sheep that all of a sudden uh, this vicious, vile thing uh, that come and he had moved by the unction of the Holy Ghost uh, because where he had been anointed with power uh, by his God, uh, he took that wild beast by the beard uh, and he tore it with his hand. Uh, maybe his mind then went to a place uh, where he went to deliver cheese and check on his brethren uh, when he heard a sound uh, of a giant by the name of Goliath. Uh, and then he remembered, uh, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of God? Uh, he said, maybe he remembered uh, in his mind, uh, maybe he saw himself kneeling down at the brook picking up five smooth stones. Uh, maybe it replayed in his mind uh, as he began to run towards Goliath and he saw him fall face forward. Uh, something began to happen uh, in his spirit uh, and it roused him to action. Uh, I wish somebody this morning in the midst of your pain, uh, in the midst of your hurt, uh, go back maybe 20 years uh, when you was out and bound uh, and disgusted with everything but God showed up. Uh, maybe five years ago when it seemed like everything was falling apart uh, but God showed up. Uh, maybe even three months ago when it seemed like you couldn't hold your head up but God showed up. Uh, can I tell you, uh, he is a God that does not change uh, and if he moved then, he'll move now. Uh, if he'll move now, he'll move tomorrow. Uh, listen, uh, somebody needs to begin to stir it up inside of them this morning. And when David did, he didn't stay underneath that mulberry tree. But as we read together this morning, as he began to go forward, all of a sudden we know this, the Bible says uh, that when you hear the sound and you bestir that which is inside of you, he said, know this, I'm going before you. And then we find that David and God destroyed the Philistines, smote them, drove them out. But notice this, the fear of David was spread abroad, not because of David, but because of the God that had empowered David. I say all of that to say this this morning, and I'm not going to keep you long. I must remind you that David, when he was connected with his God, achieved great victory. You and I today, when we stay connected with our God, we too will achieve great victory. It does not matter what others may say, think, or do. What matters is that you listen to the instruction of God. I have to remind us as well, years passed, lots of things transpired. Prophetic proclamations is in motion and has been fulfilled. A virgin by the name of Mary has given birth to a son. They called his name Jesus. He walked this earth for 33 and a half years. We just celebrated his resurrection. But after his resurrection, the Bible teaches us that he showed himself to those that was present with him with many fallible proofs. For 40 days, he walked with them, showed himself to them. But then, something begins to happen. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, we read these words. 
after showing himself with many infallible proofs, been seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom and been assembled together with them. Notice the same instruction that he had gave David in the city of Jerusalem all those many years ago. Notice what's been given now in Jerusalem. And there Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now, if you read the story in the Gospels, you'll find that this conversation took place out by the seashore. 500 and a little over saw Jesus as he was saying these, giving these proclamations and he lost gravity and he ascended into the heavenlies. Now we find that as he enters into the heavenlies and the angels of the Lord said, in like manner you'll see him come again. We see there's a host of people began to leave that place and they enter back into Jerusalem. Notice with me. The place where the rustling of the mulberry trees took place many, many years before. And they find themselves not on a downstairs room, but they climb the stairs and they're in an upper room. Notice in the upper part of the mulberry trees, and now we're in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem. And we find that it says in verse number six of that same chapter, it says in when they therefore come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and, and, and all of these things? But he says, all of that is reserved for the Father to know. But he says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in, for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You say, why is this important? It's because of passage of Scripture that all of us are familiar with in this room. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1, it said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Notice this. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of, of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You say, why is this important? Once again, darkness was defeated and men began to walk in freedom as they came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because if you read on in chapter 2, you will find that Peter walks out with the others standing on the balcony in Jerusalem and begins to preach Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And we find that 3,000 gave their life to Jesus at that very moment. What happened? Darkness was dispelled from the city once again. The same spirit of God that moved in top of the mulberry trees had now moved in an upper room and had now began to drive out the enemy and let freedom begin to reign once again. I come to tell somebody today in the midst of all of the stuff going on in our world, there are those that have been doing what David did. And I don't ever want you to lose sight of this. There have been those across this nation and across this globe that has been inquiring of the Lord. Darkness has been thinking that it's winning. But what it did not understand is
God was not calling his people to a place of retreat. He was calling them to a place of repositioning. And I stand here by the auction of the Holy Ghost knowing what God has spoken in my spirit. He said, you may have felt like I wasn't letting you engage in the manner that you wanted to. But he says, I positioned you back again. And the same sound that was in the top of the mulberry tree and the same sound that was in the upper room of Jerusalem is the same sound that's emerging over my people in this season. Can I tell you today, I believe God is beginning to move as he did in the mulberry trees. So why is this important? It's because it's going to require the same thing as you, out of you and I, that it did out of David. We have to bestir ourselves, not tomorrow, but today. It is so important that one of the last things that Paul said to Timothy, most of you probably could quote this passage of scripture, but I believe we must visit it as we end this morning, is that And I've told you this over the years that last words are important. I've never heard anybody talk on their deathbed that wishing they worked more and that they had more overtime. No, last words are important. You don't waste breath when you see things ending. David understood and others understood, but Paul understood it very uniquely. And he knew his time was coming to an end and he begins to take pen to paper and he begins to write this letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. And he says, I call you to remember the unfinished faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice. And he says, I am persuaded that is in you also. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. What Paul was telling Timothy is this. Timothy, you may not hear it yet. You may not understand it yet. But in the final hours of Paul's life, I believe Paul was still hearing the rustling of the wind that rattled the mulberry trees. And he was still hearing the sound of a rushing mighty wind that came into an upper room. He was still hearing the Spirit of God. And he was telling Timothy, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what it feels like, he said, you've got to make sure you do one thing, stir up the gift. The only thing that's keeping you from your victory today is this, your unwillingness to reach down in there by faith and stir up that gift of God that's inside of you. Darkness doesn't have that much power. Hear me. Lucifer doesn't have that much power. The kingdom of darkness doesn't have that much power. Oh, yes, he has power over the world. Yes, he does. 
But you and I who are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ that is sons and daughters of the most high God, the same spirit that raised Jesus is the same spirit that quickens this mortal body. And can I tell you that spirit uh, allowed Jesus to come out of the grave uh, with the keys of death, hell and the grave. Uh, and that same spirit you and I possess, uh, we are able to walk with authority and power, but we have to stir it up inside of us. And this morning, maybe you don't feel it. I'm so glad this thing's not based on feeling. Maybe you don't understand it. I'm so glad it's not based on my limited understanding. But this morning, please hear the word of the Lord. Man of God, woman of God, child of God. I don't say this bractociously. I've been along with Jesus. And I've heard the rustling of the mulberry trees. And I'm charging you to reach down through the pain and the hurt and the uncertainty and begin to stir up what God has put into you because he is going before us in this hour. And there is a victory that is ours. I stand before you this morning to tell you as they come to the music today, it is in this hour that giants are been defeated. It is in this hour that strongholds are been broken. It is in this hour that the enemy is having to be has been dispelled and scattered because of the power and the anointing of God. How is it that you know these things to be true? It's not because I've read it on a page somewhere, but it's because I've witnessed it with my own eyes and in my own life. After my father's funeral, after leaving the cemetery and walking into the Miller building, ready to just fellowship and sit with my family, Brother Wade met me as I was walking down the aisle and he said you need to walk around the corner and you need to see who's standing there I walked around the corner and seen our friend Warren man he looked good he said I'm not able to be here long but he said I had to come and see you he said thank you so much he said, I can't tell you what it means to me that you would come to the hospital and see me and pray with me. You see, in his time of sleep, he had had a massive heart attack. His wife rode over and he was cold. Didn't know how long he'd been that way. She began to tried to bring life to him to no avail. Medical personnel arrives on the scene. They shock him multiple times and nothing happened. Finally, after working for some time, they, they, they get a pulse and they give them all of the layout. It's not good. It's not good. 
we don't know this and we don't know that. This don't look good. That don't look good. This doesn't seem to be. But on Friday, I said on Friday, he was standing, smiling, so humble. God has done a work in his life. He's, he's not a believer. Wade has loved him. Wade's wore him out by preaching to him every day of his life since, since Wade made the change. Wade's lived it before him. But can I tell you, I'm thankful for all that men can do. But there's some things men can't do. But can I tell you that a few weeks ago when I walked in, as I was getting ready to leave to go to the hospital to pray for him, I I heard the rustling of the sound of the mulberry trees. When I walked in, I knew that I said, God, you're you're doing something on his behalf. See, somebody just had to believe. Wade just had to continue to believe. Others had to just continue to believe and pray. It didn't look good. didn't seem good. It seemed like we was in the valley of giants. But God said, I'm just going to reposition you and let you go to the mulberry trees for a little bit. But when you hear the sound, that's just one story. I could stand here all day and give you story after story. There's a 20-something-year-old young lady maybe closer to 30, late 20s, early 30s. She stood in front of Pastor Tommy Bates' church just a couple of weeks ago and gave testimony. She worked as a respiratory therapist. They gave her her patience for the night and said, just keep him. He's on life support. He's we just got to keep his lungs all clear because he's a donor in the morning. Declared dead. Just keep his lungs clear till we come to do the transplant and stuff in the morning. She walked in and she's doing her rounds and she walked in and she heard the Holy Spirit say, not this one. And she's, she said, I've been raised in church all my life. Never had anything like that. She said, something said, anoint him with oil and pray for him. She said, I can't do that. I'm working. But about three o'clock in the morning, she couldn't get freed from it. She said, I didn't have no anointing oil. So she went and found some oil that they use for medical things. And she walked in that room and she anointed him with oil and prayed over him. And she said, nothing happened. She said, nothing happened. And he was a 21-year-old boy laying there lifeless. Nothing happened. She turned to walk out of the room and she stood in the doorway and she said, God, I know you're about to do something. And all of a sudden, the alarm began to go off on the ventilator. And she turned around and a 21-year-old boy was climbing out of bed. And that 21-year-old boy is home and perfectly fine today.
What I'm doing is I'm telling you stories so that maybe right where you're sitting in the middle of your mess uh, that you'll begin to stir up what, uh, like David said, uh, the Lord said, bestir that gift that's inside of you. Uh, you say, why now, preacher? Uh, it's because there's a sound in the top of the mulberry tree this morning. Uh, can I tell you, uh, it's not over. God's about to do it again. Uh, come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Uh, oh, uh, you're family's about to get saved, delivered, and set free. Your sons and daughters are about to prophesy. There's about to be revival to shape the nations because of the rustling that we hear. As we stand all over this house together this morning, I gotta ask you the question, do you hear what I hear? Oh, do you hear what I hear? You say, man, I wanna hear what you're hearing. Can I tell you, you're going to have to push through the doubt. You're going to have to push through the pain. You're going to have to push through the garbage of life. And you're going to have to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. You may be here this morning under the sound of my voice. And you may be overwhelmed. You may be upset about things in your life. You may be in a, in a place where everything seems to just be overwhelming you right now in this very moment. But I have to ask you, will you trust God today? Will you trust him today? As we stand in his presence this morning, I ask you today, if you're under the sound of my voice and you don't know who Jesus is as your savior, there's no time like the present right now because he's desiring to save you, deliver you, and set you free from those things that continues to try to bombard you in the valley of Rephim. Those things that's trying to exalt themselves against you and try to destroy you. God says, I can give you deliverance over those things. You just have to trust me. I don't care if it's had you in prison for 20 years, 50 years, doesn't matter. What I'm saying is you can walk out of this house completely free if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus today. But maybe you are a believer. But maybe you'd say, you know what? I don't have joy right now. I don't have peace right now. You may even say, man, I'm upset right now. There's some stuff that's happened in my life and I don't like it. And, I, and you're mentally a mess. You're mentally just overwhelmed. Can I tell you, that's what the enemy wants you to be and how you want you to be. But God says, I've got a peace that passes all understanding. And I'll give it to you today if you just call on me. But maybe you're one that's here and you say, you know what? I hear the sound of the rustling. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it, preacher. I'm hearing it. But I have to ask you, are you stirring up that gift inside of you? Are you calling out to God and saying, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Here's what I want you to understand today. I believe this with all of my heart. I'm getting ready to get in my truck here and as soon as I say goodbye to you all, I'm going to get my truck and I'm driving to Kentucky for conference for the next three days. And I'm believing that today there's a unique thing in the spirit realm today. I believe that there's a release that's getting ready to come this week. And I believe it's starting in headship. I'm getting ready to meet with about 200 pastors in the next few days. I'm believing that there's getting ready to be a, a, a dramatic shift in the leadership of the church in America. 
There's a visitation. I believe the, I believe the wind that's in the top of the mulberry trees is about to, about to come down and set up on some people. And there's a change as summer's coming and as we're, as we're finishing out this year, there's getting ready, the latter half of this year is going to be a year of transition into the spiritual things. Victories are going to be won. And that's why some of you have been fought so hard. But listen, your family, my family, our communities are hanging in the balance. And it's time to stir it up this morning. I don't know what that looks like for you. I'm not saying everybody's going to jump up and down and scream and holler and spit like this preacher does. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it, you be true to you. But no matter what it takes, know this, God has not abandoned you and he has not allowed the enemy to overrun you, but he's transitioning you and repositioning you to the mulberry trees because he's wanting you to hear and then he's wanting to advance with you into your place of victory. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.